Hello and welcome to the Southeast Iowa Union News Break. I'm your host, Nick Steffens. Getting into today's top stories, for those looking to experience both family-friendly frights and terribly scary terrors, Midwest Old Freshers certainly delivers. Since 1998, visitors to the area have enjoyed the Midwest haunted rails, and more recently, they've been scared senseless at the Thresher's House of Terror. The haunted rails include activities with the purchase of a wristband at the grandstands. Guests are invited to experience the ghost train of no return, bouncy houses, the haunted carousel, the ghostly trolley, and Scott Amusements Carnival. Rides on the ghost trail and haunted carousel are unlimited. Haunted treats and hot drinks are available from Main Street Mount Pleasant, Old Fashioned Kettle Corn, The Grand, Scott Carnival Food, and Owen Slow Barbecue. The haunted rails have one weekend under their belt for the 2022 spooky season, but there are plenty of opportunities for this family-friendly event October 21st, 22nd, 28th, and 29th. House of Hours of operations run from 6 to 10 p.m. on Fridays and 6 to 10.30 p.m. on Saturdays. Tickets are $15 per person, and the last tickets are sold 30 minutes before closing. While credit cards are accepted to purchase entrance to the haunted rails, cash is necessary for food and game purchases. If the family-friendly frights of the haunted rails aren't enough, Thrasher's House of Terrors may be a better fit. For over 16 years, House of Terror has frightened visitors to the Mount Pleasant attraction. House of Terror is a volunteer-ran haunted house for the nonprofit Midwest Old Threshers. To continue to provide unique scares every year, a core committee comes up with new ideas and themes for the different rooms, and for four weeks before opening day, the haunted house crew creates the scare. They build, prop, and light 12,000 square feet in those four weeks. The actors inside the House of Terror will not touch the guests, however, they do get very close. Thrasher's House of Terror will remain open October 20th through 22nd and 27th through 29th. Hours of operation are 6.30 to 10 p.m. Thursday and 6 p.m. to midnight, both Friday and Saturday. A general admission ticket is $10. However, every night has a limited number of fast pass admissions available for $20. While both events occur at the Old Thrasher's ground, they are separate and do require separate ticketing. Considering, considering the haunted rails close earlier, Midwest Old Threshers encourage those wanting to experience both to first enjoy the haunted rails and then hop in line for the, haunt, the House of Terror. The city and county of Washington signed a 28E agreement to enforce recently enacted parking code changes on Tuesday. The arrangement authorizes the county to hold back a vehicle's registration renewal through the treasurer's office when its parking ticket from the city goes unpaid for at least 90 days. The move comes from a around a month after the city changed its parking codes, which previously did not authorize alternative enforcement options like 28E agreements. Washington County Supervisors approved the agreement at their own meeting Tuesday morning, where Police Chief Jim Lester said it would only apply to tickets given after mid-September when the municipal code changes took effect. Washington County Treasurer Jeff Garrett said the agreement requires enough work from this office to justify a $5 administrative fee to the city, but would not otherwise burden department staff. The enforcement mechanism only works for a vehicle's registration in Washington County, as others would not be under the local system's jur jurisdiction. That means there are still some loopholes in the system. City of Washington begins sidewalk inspections on Friday, determining which parts of the community's walkways need repairs to promote health and safety. This year's inspections would focus on the city's second quadrant. The second quadrant is roughly the area east of 2nd Avenue and north of Washington Street, according to city planning and zoning official Jeff Dua. 
The city, inspect, the city inspects each quadrant of the city once every four years, sharing repairing costs with residents at a reimbursement rate of $4 per square foot once work is completed, according to a news release. Some areas may need extra work to become compliant with American, Americans with Disabilities Act. In those cases, the city said it planned to assist with layouts and supply paneling for curb ramps. Contractors began concrete patching on East Washington Street and South 2nd Avenue in Washington Monday, limiting east side traffic to one lane in and out of town via Highway 92. Iowa DOT District 5 residential construction engineer Derek Beisler said the project was expected to last until November 1st, setting a contractor's estimate as of Tuesday morning. The project will patch one lane at a time, going each direction, so as to not block any roads entirely. Portland Cement Concrete patching aims to address cracked surfaces before water and seasonal changes can cause more disruptive damage. While it won't fix every crack in the road, Beisler said that the $256,000 project funded entirely by state dollars would prevent blowups for now, which would otherwise require worse road closures to fix. While it's inconvenient, Beisler Bielser said timely patchwork was the best long-term solution. That was the top stories. It is now time for obituaries. Scott Higley of Washington passed away on October 17th at the age of 59. Jones and Ian Funeral Home was in charge of the arrangements. Wayland Sterling of Wayland passed away on October 17th at the age of 83. Jones and Ian Funeral Home was in charge of the arrangements. Dolores J. Siegel of Washington passed away on October 17th at the age of 90. Celebration of life will be held at 11 a.m. October 22nd at the Jones and Eden Funeral Home. Patricia A. Owens of Washington passed away on October 17th at the age of 86. Celebration of life will be held at 1 p.m. October 21st at the Jones and Eden Funeral Home. Richard Charles Ross of Birmingham passed away on October 17th at the age of 90. Celebration of life will be held from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. October 22nd at the Birmingham Fire Department. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we'll have the weather and sports. Federation Bank is a locally owned bank providing award-winning customer service. We believe that we are more than just a federation of banks, but a federation of communities serving Brighton, Richland, Wellman, Washington, Iowa. Federation Bank's highly skilled staff is here to make sure you are able to accomplish your personal and professional goals, whatever they may be. Federation Bank, your family bank. Hospice isn't a place, it's a type of care that focuses on living. Servicing a seven-county area, the Hospice of Washington County staff of nurses, social work, hospice aides, spiritual and grief support, volunteers, music and massage therapists are able to provide free end-of-life care where the patient lives. We write wills, give consent for organ donation, but rarely is there a plan for what we would want the final phase of our lives. At Hospice of Washington County, we encourage our patients to be in charge of their health care decisions while maintaining quality of life. At the Capper Auto Group, we put our customers' needs first and understand that everyone is as different as the vehicle they select. We offer new Ford, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, and Ram vehicles in a friendly environment that puts you in the driver's seat. When it comes to service, we maintain factory-trained technicians and competitive pricing. 
The Capper Auto Group still believes that service after the sale provides the best customer experience. Come see the Capper experience for yourself. Since 1905, Kelowna Cooperative Technology Company has helped our community stay connected with the latest advancements in clear, dependable telecommunications services. KCTC provides rural Iowans with access to high-speed fiber internet, as well as phone, television, computer repair, and cybersecurity solutions. We're also proud supporters of local organizations and area schools within the community. KCTC, keeping Kelowna connected. Welcome back to the Southeast Iowa Union Newsbreak. I'm your host, Nick Steffens. We have some sports news coming up, but first, the weather. The weather is brought to you by Jacqueline Ariola LLC. Come visit Jackie in her new location downtown. She is ready to serve Washington and the surrounding community. It was another cold one out today, but temperatures will thankfully begin to rise this week. Today has been mostly sunny with a high of 50. Tomorrow it will be a bit cloudier, but warmer with a high of 66. Friday, we will have clear skies and a high of 77. And then looking at the weekend, it'll be 78 and mostly sunny on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it'll be partly cloudy with a high of 78, but the wind will make a return with speeds up to 22 miles an hour. That was the weather. It is now time for sports. Sports, brought to you by Fairway. Burlington has had Mount Pleasant's number on the volleyball court this season, to say the least. Out of the five meetings throughout the regular season, five times, Burlington walked away victorious. The narrative changed when two, the two met on Tuesday night for their Class 4A regional first-round matchup at Burlington's own Johansson Gymnasium. Mount Pleasant avenged its five straight losses to the Greyhounds when it mattered most, taking the regional bout 25-23, 18-25, 25-23, 10-25, and 15-7. And what was a back-and-forth affair for much of the night in the fifth and final set of the night was no different. Burlington came into the fifth off a dominant 15-point set for, set for victory. The Greyhounds carried some of that momentum to start the fifth as they jumped out to a 4-2 advantage, but Mount Pleasant would respond. Mount Pleasant's Jersey Beachy put together some efficient serving, and the Panthers did what they needed to on both sides of the net, scoring 11 unanswered to take hold of the match 13-4. Burlington would score three points the rest of the way, but an Andrea Laprieto perfectly placed tip would win it. Starr said that knowing that it was win or go home lit a fire underneath the team. I think the biggest difference for us was the fire and drive we had to get them this time when it really mattered most. With this win, the Panthers moved to face Oskaloosa, who was 22-10 on the season, on Thursday in Oskaloosa. The two teams faced off once during the regular season. The Indians were winners 2-0 at their home court. The Panthers and Indians are set to begin at 7 p.m. at Oskaloosa High School. Washington Golf and Country Club will be the place to be on Wednesday. That is if you want to know which of the area's big school runners will be headed to Fort Dodge next weekend. The Demons host the Southeast Conference and then some in a meet that includes 14 schools, all vying for three state qualifier spots. Individually, the top 15 runners will all get in. The meet is scheduled for a 4 p.m. start. That's the news for Southeast Iowa. I've been your host, Nick Steffens. This is the Southeast Iowa Union News Break, and I'll see you next time.